it is what it, yeah it, it's like and this is what I'll, I'll get into it uh, we might as well start so let's do it because i'm i'm uh, i'm itching to get started on this one yeah i know you are and like i said we brought it we brought a ranger colonel on to validate it um <laughs> <laughs> but all right Hey, what's up, Trash Talkers? What's up, Gruntworks? Here we are with the fifth principle of patrolling. For those of you who don't understand what that is, years ago, back in the day, when uh, Ranger School was a combat school and not a leadership school, they graded you based off of these principles. Uh, did it depend really how the raid went, how the ambush went? It was, did you follow these five principles? And uh, a lot of people just failed on the last one. Common sense, right? Like when the RI goes... Ranger, what were you doing? All right? Like, you know, it might not be a bad thing. He's just asking, like, what were you thinking? Because, you know, maybe you, maybe it just didn't go the way you thought it would, but you had some common sense. But most of the time when he's asking you, what were you doing? It's because some stupid shit happened. And he just, <laughs> he wants to find out if it was you or if it was the guy he needs to go spot report over there for doing the bayonet charge, you know, like whatever, whatever that was. But with us today, we have a very special guest. We have the, well, he hasn't, we haven't coined this term yet, but you know, we've done it before. It's the VTT's heartthrob. All right. JC, Jason Glick. Now oh, you're talking about me, my bad. My no, bad. definitely not. Uh, as far as all the feedback I've gotten, there have been a few people, buddy, that have talked about your looks, but uh, not usually the females and not usually in a good way. Um, but yeah, well, I'm not going to lie. I do have a certain uh, je ne quoi, you know what I'm saying? Like, je ne sais quoi. That's, that's right. You that just was. got corrected by your uh, your 18 yeah. Bravo. Uh, uh, interpreter <laughs> yeah. With me. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, so I mean, we record this once a month, and it's just fitting that Buddy is not, you know, he's in a car, uh, you know. So it's like the the one time a month that we record it, there he is in a car. But either way, we got JC Glick. Uh, he's a he's a real famous guy, uh, and uh, I mean, I don't know if you ever go like on Twitter, or LinkedIn, all these places, but he's like a TED talker. He he works for all these other companies. He's been on the Veteran Trash Talk Hour, which is more than enough, right? That's pretty much like absolutely the stamp of honor. You know, like you've made it, uh, hang, hang it up, you know, kind of the like, goal, right. I mean, what's, <laughs> what's after that? So what we wanted to talk about today, and again, the whole point of the fifth principle is we're going to talk about some stuff, whether it's military or not, uh, political or not. And, but we, we're not saying that it's wrong. We're just saying it doesn't pass the fifth principle and, 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 and it's going to raise an eyebrow to the RI, right? The RI is going to be like, I'm going to have to ask you what you're doing, all right, because this doesn't make any sense right now. All right, maybe it does. So that's why we ask anybody listening, if you have an answer to what we're talking about, if you can come on and either prove us wrong, explain it, or agree and reinforce, whatever. We're all about that, okay? We're not, we're not like I said, we're not saying you're wrong. When we brought up the show about the anti-vaxxers and the vaccines, like, we're not, like, Dr. Fauci, all that stuff. Nobody, nobody really came on. We did get Dr. Tony Brooks on to come on uh, last week and say that men cannot have babies. So we had to get an actual doctor on here to validate our, what we thought didn't, didn't make sense. We didn't think that a man could have a baby. So JC, uh, 
for those that haven't seen you on the trash talk hour or follow you, uh, give us a quick rundown on what, what, where, where you're coming from and what you did in the military, if you don't mind. You know, uh, really lucky to have served 20 years. I uh, retired in 2015. I uh, spent most of that time with uh, uh, Rangers or with the Asymmetric Warfare Group. Um, I've been out, uh, it'll, it'll be six years now. Um, did, you know, did what all special operations guys need to do, you know, wrote a couple of books, you know, you check that off and you do some <laughs> speaking engagements and, and, and work with some teams and stuff like that. And, um, you know, really most recently what I've been really focused on is, um, trying to stem, uh, veteran suicide and, um, you know, 11 combat tours, but, but four suicide attempts. And it's so important to me that, that, that we do something about this. And as we come out of the 20 year war, there's two things that I'm most worried about is how do we make sure that veteran suicide numbers start to change? And how do we make sure that our combat warriors transition effectively into the civilian world in a meaningful way? They're not like the disgruntled vet. They're the they're they're building the country just like they did after World War II. Right, right. Uh, and again, you can you can find them uh, on social media anywhere. JC Glick, look him up. Uh, Buddy's phone just lost service, but that's okay. We're not live. No, we're so so we're Chris, that's, that's Chris get a call. yeah, Chris, the muffin fingers, the baker. He is not with us today. Otherwise, he'd be losing his shit that you're on a phone. Oh, um, but it's uh, a <laughs> it, it it's okay. So uh, we we brought in JC because. You know, he was an officer in the United States military in the army. And, uh, you know, he was a ranger. So, uh, you know, he understands the five principles of patrolling. He understands, you know, what it is he expected from an NCO. So here's, here's where we're going to, what we're going to talk about today. I know buddy's chomping at the bit, but growing up throughout the military and, you know, I hit 18 years, buddy's got over 20, JC did over 20 You've, you've heard the term NCO business. And I always wondered what that meant because there isn't any doctrinal term for it uh, of like what NCO business is. However, there is doctrine on what is expected of a non-commissioned officer. There is doctrine that is, you know, when you get up to, we're not going to talk about sergeant majors because, you know, they, they don't really have jobs, um, you know, but like what we're going to talk about is like the first sergeant, which is what I want to start off with. So when you have an infantry company, the first sergeant's job by doctrine is to be the senior tactical advisor to the commander. All right. The company commander, he's also supposed to be the senior trainer for the company, right? So he's the one that looks at the training plans The when the young Lieutenant comes in and the platoon sergeant comes in with a training plan for the week, you know, two weeks, three weeks. All right. They look at it and they go, don't go in that captain's office with that. Don't go in that captain's office with that. You go in there with that. You go in there with that and you'll be okay. All right. Like, and then platoon sergeant, you stay Lieutenant go like, I got to talk to the platoon sergeant now. Right. And do those things. So 
I guess we'll let Buddy start with it because I know he's got stuff to do tonight. But where let's just start off with the negativity. Let's get negative right away. This is a little different than my usual positive guy. Like let's let's get negative. What is what what has happened? What has happened to the non-commissioned officer corps, Buddy Beckwith? All right, from my from my perspective, and I don't know a whole lot. I only did my 24 years as an enlisted guy, so I didn't see a whole lot. Um, but when we started referring to NCOs, especially senior NCOs as advisors, that's when we it's when we that was the minute that we fucked up. And here's why. Um we're NCOs, especially senior NCOs, are so worried about making their next birth or their next rank or their next whatever, they forget the reason why they're NCOs. And we're NCOs because we are we're we are advisors, but you can't advise the captain, you can't advise the colonel, you can't advise the general if you're sitting beside him at every fucking meeting that that guy goes to. There's never been a fucking decision made in the Army, ever. Not a single one, never, has an officer ever made a decision at a meeting. Never. Not a single time. George Washington didn't make a decision at a meeting. Patton didn't make a fucking decision at a meeting. Freaking meeting. with a, Every time the colonel goes, why does a first sergeant have to go to every meeting with the captain? You don't have to hold his hand. The second thing that fucked us up was with was the internet because we spent so much time behind our computers checking emails and making sure that we are appraised the word or JC is he coming to chop you on your end? Yes. Yeah. Dang it! I mean, I'm sure that would have been. That would have been gold if it came in. Are you like? Am I still coming in choppy? Are we good? Can we just no, start no, over? you're actually going real fast, like Alvin. Like, uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, is it still jacked up or what? Um, no. Okay. Anyway, the, the, <laughs> to caveat that, that, that instead of being there with the colonel during his meeting. Remember when you first joined the army and the sergeant major would pop up randomly when you were cleaning your weapon and ask you what the max effective range of your weapon was? And if you didn't know the answer, you'd go get your team leader and ask why you didn't know the answer. You remember when the sergeant major also got that time to ask you how you were doing and how your family was doing and whether you had pay issues or anything else? And he knew who you were and he was a battalion sergeant major of you know, five, 600 dudes. There are, I, I just left a fifth group and there are, there are sergeant majors in fifth group that are company sergeant majors that don't know the people in their company. There's not, there, there's only 75 of them or so. And they don't know who those people are because they're so busy behind their computer checking emails that they don't know who the people are. I used to tell my team leader, you know, because we had counseling when the team leader got there. And he would tell me what he expected of me and this, that, and the other. And I used to ask him if he had watched uh, Days of Thunder. And he would be like, what? And I was like, I need you to go watch Days of Thunder. We'll talk about it tomorrow. He would go watch it and come back the next day. And I'd be like, all right, here's the deal. The team is the race car. You're the fucking driver, and I'm the crew chief. I don't need you to run it. 
Don't don't slam on the gas. Don't slam on the brake. Don't run it into the fucking wall. Don't break the team. I'm going to make sure that you have the best race car you can get. Your job is to win the fucking race. Your job is to sell the team, and I'm going to make sure you have a product that's worth selling. And when it came to leadership business and NCO business, there are there is NCO business. You know, what the guys are doing, what the guys are training, it's NCO business. What we need to be doing is officer business. What next mission, the, you know, what the, the, the freaking national freaking strategic level, level freaking yeah. shit. That's off. Because we can pronounce it. It's because yeah. we can it, pronounce it. Yeah. The day, but at the end of the day, when we talk, because we're doing our own little me and him closeout, that's leader business. That's when we discuss things. When we get on the same sheet of music. But we don't need to be on the same sheet of music all day long. We need to be on the same sheet of music once a day. That way we know where we're trying to take this team that we're, we're working with to get there. But we got so wrapped around. Everybody wants to do everybody else's job, but they can't do their own fucking job. Like, if you can't be a good officer, how the fuck are you going to be? A, like, So you want to jump over and tell me how to be a good NCO? And how am I going to be a good NCO if I'm too worried about telling some lieutenant that he's a piece of shit because he's just a lieutenant. My job is shitty captains are made by shitty E7 because they they get to their first platoon. They don't trust their fucking platoon sergeant because he tells them to sit in the corner and shut up. And then they become captains who don't trust their first sergeant or their platoon sergeant. So we've all got kind of a role to play in this whole like leader business thing. But at the end of the day, Everybody trying to be the the leader is is not how this works. Oh. The uh, ooh, last thing when we decided to get promoted to E eight or E nine, you needed a bachelor or a master's degree. Here's my question: If I've got a if I got a master's degree, I've been deployed seven times. I've been to Ranger School, Pathfinder School, Halo School, Dive School, but Jedi Master School. And I'm and I'm working with a with a colonel who's got a master's degree or is working on a doctorate, and he's been deployed twice and has been to ranger school. Why the fuck am I working for you? You should be working for me at this point. I've got the same amount of education. No, yeah, you you, you more schools and more experience. Yeah, you you've so, hit on some you've hit on some points that I was going to talk about as well. Uh, now before I turn it over to JC with, uh, with, with his experiences in the military and his strengths and all that stuff and what he's seen or weaknesses that in his opinion, um, again, like you said, you have, when you have a shitty captain, it's because he had a crappy E7 and you know, that's not necessarily always true because again, when you have these lieutenants come into his office and, and pitch their plans or whatever. Right. And that captain says, did you talk to the first sergeant? You know, and they said, yeah. Right. And then he looks at the planning. He goes, really? All right. So now this shitty first sergeant now is making the captain have to work harder because this first sergeant, even with a bachelor's degree, right, doesn't have the technical and tactical knowledge that he's supposed to have well, as a first sergeant. Why would he not have the technical and tactical knowledge that he was that he because, needs to have? 
Because what I'll get into this after I turn, I'll, I'll, I'll get, get a bachelor's I'll, degree instead of doing what he was supposed to be doing. Correct. That's that's what I was going to get into. It's where when you look at right off the Army's page of the NCO 2020, right? The new thing that I actually watched the guys who built it. And I, I have a lot of respect for a lot of them. Uh, not all of them, but a lot of them. And, you know, as they were talking about it, like, here's what their talking points were. The future of the Army, the expert action badge. All right, the new the new PT test, character development, not in my squad, improving written and oral communication skills, professional military education, unit non-commissioned officer development program, the year of the NCO. All right, like, all right, so what what how what what are we doing with that? And I know you can dig into all that kind of stuff and get and what and, do any of those things have to do with close with. Fix, find, and destroy the enemy. I was just thinking exactly the same thing. I didn't hear anything about war fighting in there. Now there, there is some obviously, like in character development. You know, you can you can spin that off a little bit. The expert action badge, you can spin that off a little bit. Well, you know, you can make it task, sexy. That's task, and that's and that's being moral and ethical. That has nothing to do. Th those are things that you need to do to do well in combat. But where's Where's shoot, move? Uh, okay, we got move because we got the PT. I, I'm cool with that. Communicate. All right, but where's the shoot? Where's the where's the where's the stuff that talks about the the profession of arms? Right. Where's the, where's the and, patrol base? And where no? Where's where's the staff <laughs> sergeant? Where's the staff sergeant that knows how to use every weapon in the platoon? Yeah, exactly. And he, knows, and he knows every range system of every weapon. He knows so that when the PL's planning, he'd be like, can't put the guns there. And he's going to be like, why? Because at a three meter, you know, increase, so I'm going to, at a three meter, so I'm going to fire 600 meters before that bullet hits the ground. Right. So, like, so I got, can I jump in? Can no, I no, jump now in? it's yours. Now it's yours. Like, so no, no, like, I, yeah. I just want yeah. to jump in. I want us to all talk because, yeah. I, but I want to read you something first. And, and first, shameless plug for my first book, but mm. I want to read you, I want to read you the dedication, the first line, the first part of the dedication. This book is dedicated to every non-commissioned officer I've ever served with in my time in service. You are the ones that demonstrated exemplary leadership. You are able to manage the unique challenge of leading subordinates, peers, and superiors every day, and you do it with an ease and ability that is inspiring. You are the example of leadership. I meant that. I learned. I, now, now I don't. I don't. So, buddy, I, I don't agree with everything you said, but I agree with ninety percent of it. And I'll tell you why I don't agree with the other 10% is some of us were not very smart and we're shitty officers. Okay. So I'm going to tell you that I only saw leader business. And I, the first thing I did whenever I came into a platoon, a company, my battalion, I, I grabbed my NCO counterpart, my NCO Ranger buddy. And I said, this is ours. It's not mine. It's ours. So that guidon doesn't represent me. It represents us. You, me, this is ours. We get to lead this together. If you see something, you fix it. I don't care if somebody says, well, that's officer business. No, it's not. Fix it. If you see my sergeant majors, like, hey, if you see something jacked up and you see one of my captains being an idiot, yeah, fix them. Because... Because I'm going to fix one of your NCOs who's an idiot. I mean, we're going to lead this thing together, right? And I will say, I think that's the only that's the only 10% is we were together a lot because, quite honestly, 
like I loved every NCO. I like my my platoon sergeants were amazing. My first sergeants were amazing. My troop sergeant majors were amazing. My battalion command sergeant majors were amazing. I wanted to be with those dudes all the freaking time because I got better. Now, it bothers me what I hear. I can just speak from my example, from, from what I've gotten to experience, right? And the NCOs from, from team leaders on up, like I, I never had a bad one. Like every NCO I've had, like, did they make mistakes? Did they screw up? Absolutely. Yeah. But they were focused on making the, the, the boys better. They were focused on making themselves better. They, they were all in about the organization. And, and I'm not lying. I learned how to be a leader from watching NCOs because the difference between officers and NCOs, the real world is, look, we, we lead down for sure. Sometimes we get to lead up if we have a good commander. But we never leave, lead peer-to-peer. We never do it. We don't do it. We Even the people that we love, we're in competition with all the Back. time. Yep. So we don't lead side to side. But NCOs do it seamlessly. They do it all the time. They're leading each other. I, I'd have a squad leader who'd be leading other squad leaders and team leaders be leading other team leaders. And they could do it because that's – that's the beauty of what NCOs get to do. Now, do I care? I, I don't care if an officer has a degree. Like, I think degrees as a measure of success are not the measure of success, right? I certainly look at, I mean, honestly, I get a master's degree and my 11 combat tours are a whole lot more impressive to me than my master's degree. That, that was never, I don't look at that. That's a capability-focused thing, not a capacity-focused thing. How does that individual solve unknown problems? If you get a bachelor's degree or master's degree, you've just told me that you can solve problems that have been problems and solutions for eons. Like, that's what we teach in college. Well, the big problem, first thing, when I say that there's NCO business and and officer business, that doesn't mean on-the-spot corrections are not everybody's business, right? What I'm saying is there are things that an NCO should spend 80% of his time on and an officer should spend 20% of his time on. And there are thing, and those things are flip-flop. And at the end of the day, we come together and we discuss them and they're everybody's business because they are us. Like we're, we're yeah, all. I, I might even, I might go 60, 40, but I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. And again, and again, but, it's because I, was I don't know that I'm, but the, like, uh, I, I always brought NCOs into whatever I was doing because I, I, I know I didn't get it right. Right. And then and then as far as the degree thing goes, now, there are some guys that already had a bachelor when they came in to the Army. As far as officers go, degree completion is built into your pipeline anyway. That's just a thing that you do. But as far as NCOs go... We've made it a huge requirement to become a senior non-commissioned officer to have those degrees. But what we haven't articulated is what those degrees are in. First of all, like your master's degree in general education is just as good as some dude that came into the army with a bachelor's degrees and friggin' explosive engineering. You know what I mean? Right. Um, 
so the, those things need to be taken into account anyway. But when when you make having a master's degree a giant thing that you're looking at a, a, a qualifier for sergeant major, yeah. I know guys that I, I I know some really good guys that have master's degrees that are master sergeants and sergeant majors. I do. Um, but more than that, if I need a, an E8 that has a master's degree, more often than not, that guy has no idea how to do his actual job because he spent all of his time working on doing a master's degree so that he can get promoted as opposed to doing his job and doing his job well so that he can get promoted. Now, now here's, here's, uh, you know, where I, when I try to have this discussion and like, you know, obviously we'll have a better one than some that I've, I've sat in the rooms with and try to talk about this with some senior leaders and stuff like that is you got to avoid the bias of where getting any type of education is a, is, it's, it's a good thing. All right. So we, we, we definitely don't want to say, Hey, don't go do that. All right. We don't want to say, Hey, you know, there isn't some place where we can teach these young guys to, you know, how to actually, you know, write in the right way so that, you know, in the event that, you know, when they get out of the army or whatever. Okay. And this is where when we, at the end of the show, I was going to get into like, cause you know, a good NCO when he bitches has a solution, right? So like that, the, the solution to some of these issues I have, I think, um, but like you said, buddy, and I, I really didn't care about your master's degree, even though I'm getting one now or whatever. But like, you know, it's just gonna have time. I think there's a happy medium. You can't make a bachelor's or a master's this giant criteria because that diminishes every other criteria. We need guys that have bachelor's degrees. We need guys that have master's degrees. We need smart right? people. But we need smart people. And educated you know, people be taken on a full spectrum of things. You know what I mean? The Air Force has tests. Like, why don't we just take a test? That's that's one of my solutions to like the E6 board, right? Is where you get tested on every weapon system in a platoon, right? And you pass every weapon system on a platoon, written and hands on, just like Ranger stakes, right? Like you 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 pass all these things, and it's like. Okay. He knows how a two a 320 works. He knows how the 240 works. He knows the distances. He knows the range cards. Yeah, whatever. All right. And that all should be got a test for E5s for E6s. I would say, hey, here's uh here's a squad. Put them into a cigar-shaped perimeter, or here's a here's a platoon. Go get sure. a patrol started. And one of my one of my favorite Ranger buddies, uh, uh Sergeant Major, he's now Sergeant Major King, but uh he you know, when, the, when they did the first master leadership program, MLC class, and they did a pilot and they sent a bunch of RIs and regiment guys to it. Uh, and they came back and the, the report got done. And I, this guy was real quiet, dude, from, from Mississippi, right? Big Southern accent, like never said a word, right? And all of a sudden you're, oh, what the fuck? And I was like, and he swore. I was like, King, you okay? And he's like, you read this bullshit? And I was like, no. And he's like, he's like, they want me to write at an APA level. 
They said that I should probably take some college courses before I go to this. And this is 11 Charlie, you know, and he's like, I hang fucking mortar rounds. Raj, you understand? And he's like, he's like, and I, and I dig mortar pits. And he's like, and I can put together a plotting board in like five seconds. He's like, that's what I do. And he's like, if you want me to be as educated as a major, like you were talking about earlier, you want me to be as educated as a major, then you're going to pay me as a fucking major. Right. Like, like I was like, damn King, you haven't said shit like in two years. That was actually like, wow. Okay. <laughs> cool. Um, but no, like, like JC said, he brought his NCOs in. And like, he also said, I want to hit on this point, what he said about how officers don't have that peer to peer leadership that they're in competition. So when I had my young captain, my first time as a first sergeant, he was, I was like, why the fuck does ACO keep getting the, the DO? You know? And I was like, well, He's like, cause we're better than him. I'm like, we are. I was like, we have better PT scores. We, you know, we have better, we have more Rangers. We have more leadership. Like, like, we, like we are. He said, like, what's the problem? I go, you're not politicking the right way to the battalion commander. And I was like, and plus the ACOS company commander senior to you, you know, he's about like six months or like, I think like half a peer group ahead of you. Right. So it's like, you have to be able to go in there and talk to them to get your boys to fight that they want the fight that they're working for. And I was like, the only reason that you're still in the running is because when the plans come to you and like, like JC said is, is, you know, maybe I'm getting it wrong. That, that non-commissioned officer, E6 and above. And I has to be able to E6 is to tell the lieutenant that he's fucked up and not just hey, you're fucked up because you're lieutenant. No, here's where you're doctrinally fucked up. Here's where you're going to get your ass chewed up right here. Here's where you're going to cause my squad problems. You expect my squad to get from here to there in six minutes. You got something else coming, you know, like that, that no, like, like whatever, like that's what that young lieutenant needs. And one of the things I heard JC, correct me if I'm wrong here, but one of the things I heard, uh, a colonel say, and I'm not going to say his name unless unless he gave me permission, but because he's still in. But what he said uh, was, you know what the army cares about lieutenants? I was like, because I asked him, I go, why do I got to mentor this lieutenant? Like, why do I have to? I'm going to, but why do I have to? Like, shouldn't he be like the leader? Right. And he's like, well, no, he's like, let me let me tell you something, young Sarge. He's like, the army's looking for the next corps of generals right and that's like 20 <laughs> out of like thousands he's like they don't give two shits if they wash out you know two thousand lieutenants in the process so he's like that's why we need you to do your job <laughs> and i was like oh okay and uh so that's when i that's when i started thinking about this topic so if what doesn't make sense to me is what good does an NCO do when I read this list again at improving oral communication skills, military education, right? The future of the army character development. What good does that do the next crop of young officers? Because this is getting more and more like what I expect an officer to be like, like this is what I JC, if that makes sense to you. What if, what if we just did something a little bit different? Instead of saying, and this is where I've always thought that the army got it wrong, to be honest with you. What if instead of worrying about officers and NCOs and what we wanted, why don't we just say, this is what we want of warriors. 
because you've got guys who are like Sergeant Major Hendricks, one of the smartest guys, tons of degrees, yep. written books. Like, guys, he's a stud. But you know what? He's also a warrior. Like, he's a he's a badass, and I'd, I'll go to war with him, and I'll, I'll listen to what he tells me to do because guys smarter than me, right? I also need the guys – I had a Sergeant uh, – Sergeant First Class Coke, who was my first platoon sergeant in the 82nd, come out of First Ranger Battalion. I mean, I'll, I, I'm not sure he had more than a high school diploma. But I, that guy was a thousand times smarter than me every single day and a hell of a freaking warrior. Why don't we worry about what do we want, not from our NCOs, not from our officers, but what do we want our future warriors to be like? We do. We don't want them to be stupid. OK, I see what I didn't. I, I don't. I agree with everything you're saying, but I also never agree with, well, I don't need an education. I need, No, you do. You do. Because 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 yeah, yeah. I need you to be a smart warrior not just a hard warrior. I need you to be smart. Right. And that's the, if, if I fell anywhere, it's because I wasn't smart, but what, what we want is we want intelligent, thoughtful warriors, intelligent, thoughtful killers. That's what we need. Those are the people that make the right decision on the X. Those are the people that make the right decision, mentoring the right people. They know when to cut bait on the wrong people. You know, to say like, well, I want an NCO to be like this, an officer to be like this, or I want NCOs to be more like officers. Look, how about we want we want a professional warfighting force filled with warriors who are not dumbasses and who are not pulling dexters? How about that? Yeah, buddy's waiting. You're supposed to drop your mic now. Yeah. No, I <laughs> think though, and I agree, but I agree that you also have to agree that that the product coming in to the army is generally more educated than say the product that was coming into the army in world war ii i got stats for that buddy actually i'm stats for exactly your point but keep going the product that was coming into the army in vietnam right those the, the products that were coming in were you know world war ii hell three quarters of them were illiterate you know, the, the, you know, the ones that were coming into Vietnam, you know, yeah, that's a, that's an overstatement, but you know, there were a lot of illiterate guys coming into the army. A lot of people that didn't know anything. Well, they didn't know anything education wise, but they knew a lot of common sense wise. They had a lot of street smarts. They had a lot of it. it why aren't we, you know, why would we, I guess, put a, a huge price on book learning and education without putting the same price on common sense, tactical reasoning and how reality works. Like I have no problem with, you know, you know, Hey, you got to go to an English class because you're going to write in COERs, even though we write in COERs, like people in my English classes right now don't understand that you're supposed to start everything with a past tense verb and quantify every sentence. But, that's because they're stupid, not me. The but you are at the Harvard you, of the South. You have to be able to articulate things in reports. You have to be able to articulate. I got it. I got it. I completely understand. But what I don't need is like I don't. I don't have to have a rifleman that knows that you know why the Mona Lisa is an important art piece. I don't have to have a rifleman that you know that knows 
that uh, you know, weird history of freaking medieval freaking Bosnia. You know, I, I don't. You know, I had a uh, I had a, I had a guy at once uh, with my uh, 07 deployment. Got a brand new guy. That is biker one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy was doing salsa night. Sixty, or not, not sixty credits. He was like six or seven credits from getting his doctorate in anthropology. He was a specialist because he had gone to so much college. We got into a truck in in Kuwait because we got him right before we got to Kuwait. Got in a truck. I was like, hey, look, man, you're going to be the driver because you haven't been Let's trained enough you. to let you yeah. to, to be a gunner. You haven't been trained enough to get out. Cool. <laughs> you're going to be a driver because I can control where you go, what you do, and everything. We'll be good. Get in the truck, go to do a live fire <clears throat> or the first run of a, a blank fire. And uh, I get in the car or I get in the Humvee. He gets in the driver's side. He looks at me. He goes, uh, Sergeant, how do you start this truck? And I said, oh, you know what? I got you, Carlson. Like, or my bad. I got you, dude. Oh, Carlson. I know Carlson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You've never, uh, you've never, you've never started a Humvee before. I got it. I jump out of the, I jump out of the Humvee. I go over, I start it. Walk back over, jump in the TC seat, and uh, he goes, "Well, Sergeant, how do you make it go?" Like I was like, "Put it in gear, hit the fucking gas, bro." He didn't know how to drive a, all that education. Couldn't drive a fucking car. Right, and I, I always explain to people, I go when they talk about military driver's license. So I was like, during the surge and stuff like that, you know what your military driver's license was? Is you had a uniform on, like motherfucker, <laughs> get in, get in that vehicle, and let's go. Like, like, but I, uh, I actually had stats for that because that's another thing that I see. And, you know, I, I, I kind of was hoping the conversation would go this way. Uh, don't call me Dr. Dre, the maestro, but like, you know, I think I'm about to lose you. I, I know. Here we go. To here jump we go. off. Uh, hey, it was a good conversation, though. I'd love yeah, to, yeah. Thanks, buddy. To keep it going. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Well, JC and I will we'll keep it good going. JC. We got Excuse we got your congratulations. Input. Yeah. Yeah. Have fun at the Predators game. I hope they lose by two goals. Hey. Nashville does it. It's gonna do itself, guys. Yeah, I, I, I would. To, to be fair, buddy, I wouldn't have turned down Nashville Predator tickets either. I would have. Hey, I would have. Uh, I might have called. I might have called my friends and said, "Hey, can we reschedule for next week? Because I'm going to a Predator well, game." That might have, but probably I would have done. But um, you know, that's right. just that's just the the maybe maybe the education in me. So, <laughs> all right, buddy. No, I uh, no, JC, we'll we'll, we'll keep it going. Um, if you don't mind. Yeah. The so like like I was trying to say is is you know I the the conversation always starts to t- it turns into that NCO business officer business and like you like you right away you caught it and you were like well why don't we just make it warrior business like what what do we want our warriors to do and I and I and I used that actually a couple times when I was talking to some, you know, some of the, you know, higher ranking people in my time, when I was having this discussion, when they were nice enough to listen to me was why does the army have to be so big? You know, there's always this thing of like, we have to retain all these people. What for what, you know, like you talk about the burden on the command with, you know, with X amount of people who are not deployable, you know, and this is more for like, you know, the force comm units and stuff like that to where it's like, man, you really got like 15% of your guys are on profile. Like then that hurts, you know, it's like, and then you got red cycle taskings and yada, 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 yada. And I was like, and so then you always see like WTF, which has become real liberal army, what the fuck moments. And it's like, why do I have to retain the guy that's upset about that? 
if there's somebody that's upset about that and he's not more concerned about killing and then being a good leader, then maybe I don't need a guy who's triggered about that. You know, like maybe he doesn't have to stay in, you know, and we don't have to kick him out, but it's like, Hey, you did your six years. High five, you know? And it's like, thank, thank you so much. So, but I did, I, I looked at some stats with buddy was talking about, and I think this is one of the, I'm, I'm a system thinker guy. So I think there's a hundred things wrong with the system. Uh, one of them is the literacy rate, like buddy was talking about. So they say on average, like in 1870, 20% of the entire American population was illiterate. Really? Yes. And then, uh, so they say the census, the, the census bureau and like the board of education statistics and all that stuff. And, and, that, but then, then you got to go into the minorities, right. And then you like of that, 80% of all African-Americans in 1870 were illiterate. And obviously it gets better as time goes on because of the Jeffersonian education system, you know, of teaching everybody to read. You didn't have to have a class, you know, you didn't have, have to be born into it like in Europe. Right. And again, people don't realize that 1870 isn't that long ago. Right? Like, like, you know, we are still a very young country and we've been educating people educating everybody we're the only country that brings in people from you know across the border and we and we educate we give them free education free education you know like like and again that's not a bad thing some people might say it is but it's like it's like why if they're going to be in this country might as well make they're going to be here let's educate them let's and, educate them you know, absolutely so so yeah that's where i think we're starting to get backwards with the non-commissioned officer development to where I think we're wasting our time with the education of them because they're coming in more educated than ever before. And like Buddy said, he had a guy who was almost a PhD. And I, I need my NCOs to be doctrinally sound. And I noticed it when I, and I told, uh, I'll say his name, Colonel Dunmire running ADR, ARTB. Uh, he was my battalion commander. and. I, he asked me, what was my, my most knowledgeable time in the military? When did you learn the most? And I, I said to him, I go, it was actually when I was in RI. Because I, I, when, I, when I was in Florida, I had three options. I could have been a strong ranger and went scuba, went delta, right? Like a lot of guys do that out of Florida because there's nothing to do out there except run for miles and, you know, in sand, you know, and then dive and go in the ocean and all kind of stuff. It's like you can become a giant shit bag because no, nobody, nobody's down there to watch you. You know, you can do whatever you want. And I was like, or you could become a primary instructor. You could take the route of, you know, of, of, you know, like a platoon sergeant for the, for the RIs. And because I had jump master and pathfinder and stuff already, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the PI train. Not knowing that that was going to boost me huge because you almost were being, you were, you were an S3 as a PI. So when all the platoons were out, you're the one that wrote the op order. You're the one that controlled the movements of all these pieces on the battlefield. So when I became a first sergeant, I was like, wait a minute, this all makes sense to me. Like, like I know what my company commander has to do to look good. Like, I, 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 I know. Like, I, I literally just taught it for a year and a half. You know, I was three years as an RI, but like a year and a half as a PI. You know, and it was like, 
if I never went to ranger school, if I never got into that pipeline and met those people, I never would have had that opportunity. And I would have been the first sergeant, and I'm talking force comm units, you know, that sit there and they don't have the slightest idea what echelons of fire mean. They don't have the slightest idea of, you know, what's your time distance analysis? Like how, how are we getting like at that level at a company level to where they should be at to do that? So th- this is where I get in, I guess I, I can, I can turn it into a question for you. Cause you had your experience as an officer. It's like, did you ever, did you ever look at a plan and just realize that, that there were so many failures on so many levels, you know, and it was like, who signed off on this? Yeah, so I mean, it goes back to to my point is, I can tell you that I know a bunch of officers that don't know time distance analysis and don't understand echelons of fire and don't understand, you know, um, how you isolate a target. They they don't understand the things that they should know. Now they have they have the rank and they have the degree and they have an experience. PT score. They have they have an an an, an experience. <laughs> yeah, but i the the older i get the more i'm convinced that the degree the education means very little to me and your ability to solve unknown problems is what matters the most to me your ability to communicate with others your ability to be resilient your ability to 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 talk to people that think differently than you. Those are the things that matter more and more to me as I get older. And I get frustrated because the civilian world is certainly a, a, a degree centric world, right? Like everybody I know has got an MBA. We've got no desire to go get an MBA. Not because I don't think it's valuable, but because I don't like that's just not what I'm interested in right now. And, you know, I think, I think we're, we've, so I love the idea. There was a lot of, you know, Millie got a lot of crap about the books that he was allowing people to read. I think they should read all of it, but they should talk about it. Like I want, I want NCOs enlisted officers to read all different kinds of books. I want them to think about, you know, I want them to be like, Hey, what did we think we should have done with Afghanistan? Hey, what do we think we should do? What, what would you do if you were in the Ukraine? What, like, we ought to be thinking about that stuff more than we're thinking about, hey, what's what's the degree that so and so got? Or now, look, if you want to, if you're an NCO and you're a good NCO, and and yes, you also want to get a degree, totally support that. And I used to bring, like, for drill sergeants, I'd bring classes into my you know, I'd, I'd say, okay, we're going to offer these three classes in the battalion. And I would bring them to the battalion so that they could do education because you work hard, you deserve the education if that's what you want. But to make that a prerequisite for being a warrior, I don't, I don't know that that, that, I don't know that that tells me anything. It's kind of like, it's kind of like JC, you couldn't lead a company unless you have an MBA. Mm, I don't, I think I'd fight that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so one of the things that, you know, got me triggered, right? So one of the things that got me triggered and I, I didn't, I almost became a pansy in the meeting, but I, I was close. Uh, 
you know, we had a, our, we were doing some EO training and great NCO teaching it took a lot of pride in his job. And that's hard to do unless you really want it, you know, took a lot of pride in his job and was getting after it. Um, and we've talked about this on the show a bunch of times about how squared away combat arms units. Yeah. There, there is some problems with racism and sexism, but not a lot. Like we don't got time for it. Right. right? And we, we, we square it right away. Like, like that, you know, and again, people don't understand the price that we pay for that, that we play for like, like, no, I, I I'm, 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 I'm cool. I'm glad you're from North Carolina and you hate those kind of people, but like, I've got time for you, homie. Like, like, sorry, gotta go. Um, Cause those two guys over there you don't like are, are, are fucking heroes and warriors. Like we're going to go, like, not, not, sorry, whatever. Um, they don't get that, but he brought up a point, which, which I know wasn't his point is, was he supposed to teach? And he was talking about how we need to get more non-combat arms leaders in higher positions in the military and this is where i want somebody this is what didn't that triggered the common sense bell in my head right like that doesn't make any sense to me now maybe somebody from you know nco pdd can come on and explain this to me but like if our job is to you know either win wars provide humanitarian support around the globe all right. And which first you need security, right. To be able to do that. Nobody yeah. just sends a bunch of freaking doctors somewhere in some country without establishing, you know, a footprint, you know, and establishing the lodgement as us, the airborne guys would call it. Right. Like what bothered me is that's, what's getting put down is that, Oh, we need to be more diverse in our leadership roles. No, not diversity. If, if you don't have the pedigree, like you said, like you might have the degrees, you might, but if you don't have the pedigree as a combat leader, somebody who can plan, execute, be resilient, be adaptable, right? And go through the whole process. And, I, and does that make me the best guy? No, I'm not, I, I'm not the best that's ever done it. And I, I would be hard to find the guy that say he was. Right. But I made it my point to always read the doctrine of what my job was supposed to be. And I made it my point to the, okay. And then when, when, when somebody would yell at me for something or, or try to correct me, I'm like, is this development or was I supposed to do that? You know, like, yep. and, and like, are you developing me? That's cool. Like, got it. That's awesome. Now, was I supposed to do that? Cause I don't, I don't know if that was my lane. Like, I don't know if I was supposed to do that. I got you. Um, so here, here's. Well, wait, hold on. I want to, yeah. I want to hear on that because, because I think it's a problem that we got in society and you're seeing it in the military, right? We're looking for diversity for diversity's sake, not about qualification. So I do not. So I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I hate all politicians. Let me, let me caveat with, I hate all politicians. It behoove everybody to listen. <laughs> but here's the deal. I would vote for Nikki Haley in a freaking heartbeat. I would vote for Condoleezza Rice in a freaking heartbeat. Those two, but not because they're women, not because they're women of color, but because they're freaking squared away. And this whole idea of, well, I'm gonna nominate a black female justice. Hey, you know what? How about you just 
nominate the best justice right now, yes. whatever they happen to be. I, I don't I don't care. I want the best. And so when we when we when we look at it like that, I don't want non-combat arms coming. I want the best leaders and the best warriors in the best position to do great things. That's what right. I want. And you know what? I was the first guy when people were like, oh, I can't believe they're letting women in the regiment. Yeah, if, if a woman make makes the standards, I, I don't like absolutely. Look, she's a ranger. Like I got no problem. I got I got people like, I'm taking off my tab. Well, then you're an idiot because because they earned it. And a good warrior is a good warrior, regardless of gender, regardless of color, regardless of beliefs. A good warrior is a good warrior, and we want him on the team. See, and you and- see you see that because you were a combat leader. And Again, I always try to tell people, civilians, that a combat guy, an infantryman, is probably the most diverse, most respectful, foul-speaking, like, jerk on the planet. But if you were, is the minute that you said something stupid about, like, let's just say, I don't know, a Sikh or, you know, a black person, they're going to be like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Why, why, why do you think that? You know, and now, now, now they're triggered, now they're pinged. Right. It's like because it's like, do you wouldn't have you ever fought with a black person? Have you ever fought with a gay guy? Like, have you ever have you ever like, you know, have you ever trained with one? Like, have you actually ever found out what a Seventh Day Adventist was? Like, I didn't know fucking idea what that was until I got in the army. And all of a sudden, some guy in the barracks, the Seventh Day Adventist. I'm like, what does that mean? You know, it's like, like, so, no, you hit it on the head with one of my solutions about, like you said, it's like, who's the best to do the job? period. And with officers, I know it's slightly different, but not much. And it's like, if you were like a chemical officer and you're a captain, but for some reason you just, I mean, you were PT stud, you went to ranger school and there, there's a point in time in your career where, you know, the right officer finds you the right Colonel, you know, the, you know, the the chief staff somewhere, you know, brings you up, you know, and it's it's just, it's a stroke of the pen, you know, and then, and then you're somewhere else. Right. And so here's my solution because we're getting towards the end of the hour. But like um, my solution for NCO business and then officer business, as we like, I will just might as well call it, like you said, is warrior business. Um, One of my solutions, because there's like I said, I believe that there's lots of problems and there's also lots of great things, too. I don't want to not say that, but uh, my solution is the, the, the track program. To where you become an E5 based on your ability to not get a DUI, right? Like just show up on time, be in good shape, right? You know, learn two or three weapon systems. You know, you're you're if you're a non-combat MOS, you know, you you learn how to manage the timeline for putting people on shifts at this certain time. Like whatever, you're an E5. Mm-hmm. You're a manager. Okay. I was just going to say that you're a manager. You're not a leader yet. Yeah. And and we love to say that our E5s are leaders, but there's a point in time. And I always said this, I go, a team leader in the infantry is the hardest job in the infantry. If you're doing your job. Right. Right. Because now you're managing and leading. Exactly. And it's, and it gets tough, you know, and the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel is that staff sergeant, you know, it's like get to that staff sergeant and then go sit in the office with the platoon sergeant. <laughs> the team leaders are doing this shit and help the PL. But um, no, like 
So here's here's my with the, with the how educated our society is. When people come into the military, right after they make E five, they have a year to decide whether or not they're going to stay in the army. Like, and then that's it, right? Once once they sign, yes, I want to stay in the army. Okay, now you go to a board to where your NCOs say. Nah, this motherfucker's smart. This guy, let's get this kid into like officer candidate school. Like, or this dude's a warfighter and and you know can't spell simple words. Like, let's work with him a little bit on that, but this dude's gonna be a first sergeant someday. Like, and so right away at that point in time. You go to ranger school, right? And it's like now you now you have that education for for there, and it's like if you want to make E six, you have to be technically and tactically sound. Period. Otherwise, why do we need you? Like we we got into that whole promotion system of just because you have the time in. Yeah, you know. And, and I think- I think it should be technically and tactically sound and you should be able to lead right now. Now I'm looking at how are you developing your people? Because you and I both know that there were officers and NCOs who were not leaders. They, they, they were absolutely the worst possible thing for their organizations. And they, they treated, they treated soldiers like, like training aids. Yeah, but then the bigger we get, the more shit is we're going to get. Yeah. 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 So so I think I think that E6 I I think you've got a really good good answer here. And you know what what I I always struggled with though is I was lucky. I had one I had one really 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 bad commander. Like the worst like battalion brigade higher he was higher up when I was at battalion level. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was, he was honestly the worst human being I, you could ever imagine. I had good, I, I always had good bosses and I always had great NCOs. I mean, I just had them and, and whether they were in my formation or they were, they were above me and taught me how to do stuff and, Instead, like, hey, don't talk to the boss like that. You got to go tell him this or, or, or whatever. I mean, I just, and it's funny because I, even to this day, like I have, I have friends who were senior officers that I talked to, but you know, I talked to more. I talked to the, the NCOs who were over, I talked to the Sergeant Major Halls. I talked to the Troxels. I, ta- I talked to those guys probably more. Um, uh, the Grecas, the Chris Grecas. I mean, yep. I just, I, I was just really lucky. I was just really, really lucky. So See, I, I wouldn't say that you're lucky because and this is why I try to, I was trying to explain to that EO teacher when I was like, no, look, man, combat arms, when you get to a certain level, like you're now surrounding yourself because we weed ourselves. We try our hardest to weed ourselves out because we're playing for different stakes. So it's like, I don't want that guy here. That guy needs to go. He's bad. Like, 
I don't care what anybody else says, like about his PT score or whatever. Like, no, that dude's a bad human being. And it's only a matter of time before he fucks all of us. Right. And then if we deploy, you know, because uh, now we now and again, we say on the show is like the best friends that you have is the one that tells you the truth. And when when somebody comes to me and says, Nick, man, you were you were wrong there. You know, and I'm like, was that really like, yeah. And, you know, and then you go to that soldier and be like, hey, bro, I'm like, apparently I fucked up. And I was like, let's chat this out a little bit, you know, like, like, but, but whatever, you know, like whatever, whatever, whatever it has to be. But it's again, it's accountability, something that, you know, America doesn't like no, the rest. The whole world doesn't like nobody likes when somebody holds you accountable. Right. And it's like, uh, but so I, I wouldn't say you were lucky because even like in my career, I had one bad battalion level or higher command team to where like their character showed. And what I, what I always explain to younger soldiers is, is before you trash the commanders or the platoon sergeants, like, and above, like all the way up, I go understand that the brigade commanders not really thinking about you, like your squad, right? Like he's not supposed to like at all. Right. You're like if if the mission comes down where two companies of losses is acceptable. What does that make you? <laughs> that makes you an acceptable loss. All right. Like, I'm like, so don't expect him to give two shits what you're doing on a Thursday afternoon. Right. He doesn't care. Right. And, and I think we're looking too deep into it now. Um, as far as like, what is an officer's, again, what is an officer's job? What is a non-commissioned? It's, it's a warrior's job. Warrior's job. Right. And I think uh, I'll say his name because he's a cool guy. Sergeant Major Hester. He's the force, he's uh, a future's uh, command Sergeant Major. You know, and, you know, he said something at NCOPD. He was like, he was like, just give me three hours a day. Give me three hours a day where you train your guys. And he's like, and that's all I care. Like, I want three hours a day where they touch their weapon. They, you know, they learn something new, you know, and an hour of it's PT. So you're good there. You know, and it's like, it's like two hours of just do, do military shit. That's right. Awesome. Like, you know, it's awesome. like, you know, it kept it simple, you know, and it was like, like, yeah. And, and then he's like, have, have your whiteboard up. Cause guess what a whiteboard can fix. It can fix white space. So it's like, when you don't know what to do, here's the four things this month you're going to work on. Right. And like, so if you got nothing to do, it sounds like a stud. Right. And it's real simple. Yeah. And, and, and you're educated. Like I said, this is why education matters. Cause when, as I'm going through I'm, my final stages of my master's in leadership, as I read these books, I'm like, this is not groundbreaking. Nope. I'm like, I've been doing this for years. Yep. Like you said, so I have the experience, but now I, I can at least, you know, say I can, I can quote six authors that agree with me. Uh, this well, is this, and, like, and, like this. somebody with a degree goes yep you're good you yeah know. yeah and so again i think there's a point at where there's other armies that do this but like you're a career soldier or you're going to become a tactician you're going to become you know somebody who's looking up and out but where we're at right now, if we're, in my opinion, and I need somebody to come on and talk about this as well, is are we building our combat arms guys so when they reach the first sergeant level, 
can they look at a plan that the company commander and lieutenants have put together and hopefully he was involved well before the freaking plans finished because that's usually what makes it better but that's neither here or there but can he look at it and say yep like that's good like you can take that to the colonel you won't get your head chewed up yeah you know and it's like I know for a fact that I had a lot of good Ranger buddies that I was first sergeants with. Majority of them were RIs, regiment guys. And then there, you know, there was the ones and twosies that it's like, you really don't know what's going on, do you? And like, but it's like, and again, it's like now we now, like you said earlier in the show about we 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 lead each other. It's like now we're picking up their slack. Yeah. And it's like, hey, go over to Bco and make sure that that these guys are doing that because we can't be bogged down. If Bico is bogged down, you know, and yada, 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 yada. Hey, let's trade out two squad leaders. Take these two guys like, boom, you know, yep. it is what it is. And, uh, but yeah, it's a great conversation, JC. I, um, like I said, my, my solution, like I said, would to be a track program with the education level that we have now. But what I see as a first Sergeant, is the pinnacle sergeant major is great but you make it to first sergeant like i think you made it like in the enlisted side like that's the last real fighting job to that that, that you're in you know and it's like here i am can i you know you don't have to know every weapon system because because of the nco program and like the uh you know, your KD time, and then you have to go be a recruiter or a drill sergeant. You got to go be an RI, you know, and then you come back and there's 30 new weapons in your arsenal right. that you've never seen before. You know, and like, I, you know, you know uh, just, we got some time. I'm not bogging you down, but um, the TT Lodak and the plot CR, the fires planning. Okay. Yeah. So we didn't know any of that changed as our eyes. Really? Like, how is that possible? How, 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 like, so as we're doing the planning process, you got a couple of these young officers snickering a little bit, you know, and it's like, what's so fucking funny? It's like, we don't do that shit anymore. Like, you know, it's like, what do you mean? You know, and it's like, well, shit. And he's like, I want, like, and now I'm thinking, like, how many guys got no goes like two classes ago for, <laughs> you know, and it's like, like, son of a, like, what, where's that gap? How does that happen? You know, so it's like, we know, we fix it. We, you know, we, we do what we got to do. And now all of a sudden, but like I said, that's the gap where you come back, where I lose an NCO to NCOS for six weeks. He, it actually hurts, hurts us sometimes because yeah. that E6 comes back and yeah, he can cite sources like a boss, but we miss some stuff, miss some stuff, you know, and then like, what, what does he know the distance of a javelin? Does, 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 does he know like, does he actually understand like after the last 120 drops, the 80 ones have already been prepped and they're already firing. Does he understand this stuff? Like, like that's what I need that dude to understand. And I, like I said, again, I, I'm bitching about it, but my solution is, is to program these guys to where this guy's or girl is going to go be an officer. All right. This guy or girl is going to stay enlisted. Right. And then it goes along the same path as those people that say, like, why can't a guy be a, a eight year machine gunner? If I just want to be a machine gunner for eight years and get out. Like, I don't want to make it past E5. Make me a corporal. Like, <laughs> I just want to I just want to pull the trigger. Right. Like, 
why does the army have to be so big? Like, I, I, I get the politics wise, reason wise, but like, so I need somebody to come on and explain to JC and I, and if buddies don't, it's probably at the hockey game drunk. I need somebody to come on and explain to me that NCO 2020 program and how that is making us more lethal warriors. And I want somebody to come explain it to me, not in the political sense of because we care. Like, yeah, we all care, right? Like, like the real leaders care. And when I sit in front of a first sergeant board, well, I'm a first sergeant with a promotion board. And I said, what does it mean to take care of a soldier? It's my first question to every guy. What does it mean to take care of a soldier? And what do you think their answers are? What, what, what do you think? What do you think the most common answers are? I don't know. My get okay now. It would mm-hmm. be like making sure that they get home on time. They have predictability in their schedule. Uh, they have family time, right? Finances. Finances. Right. And I go okay. So uh, I go. Where in the first three years of your training have you gotten? Fin- are you a financial advisor? No, none first, Arnold. Okay. So we can scrap out the finance part. Uh, where in your three years of training, and this is a guy going for E5, you know, whatever. Right. Where, where in your uh, first three years in the army, were you a social worker? All right. So you really don't know how to fix their family life. Do you like, do you have any fucking idea? No. How about you train them how to fucking win a war? How about you train them to where we go fight and the best chance that they have coming home is that they're the most trained motherfucker on the planet. Like that's, and guess what? That encompasses taking care of them. Because if you break the dude, he can't train. If you got the guy all stressed out, he can't train. If you got, if the guy's in financial problems, he can't train. Right. Right. So it's like all those things are nested in there. And it's like, but your answer should be like, I'm going to make that, I'm going to make that dude the most lethal motherfucker on the planet. Training to be a war. The only way to train somebody to be a warrior is holistic training. It's the only way people think that training to be a warrior is like, it, it, it's myopic and it's not the only yes. way to actually train somebody to be an elite warrior is to holistically train them in mind, body, and soul and every aspect of their life. Because, and look, we, we get it wrong a lot. We're, you know, like we, we have a lot of good warriors who, you know, got some other part wrong, yep. but we know that, we're trying, but that's sometimes they, they get it so wrong. They, they can't be a warrior anymore. That's how important it is. Right. So important that we're like, look, to, to be a good warrior, you got to be good at all of it. Right. You got to be a good dad. You got to be a good, you got to be a good husband. You got to be a good friend. You got to be like, it all matters. It all matters, but it's got to start with the idea. And this is something that I complained it was since before the army of one ads. When did we stop focusing on the warrior part of this? Like now, I guess the army thing is be a warrior, but you can be like a, a cyber warrior, which is fine, whatever. But, but my point is let's focus on being a warrior first. Let's focus on, on getting them to, to know that they're going to close with and destroy the enemy. That's their number one task. And to do that, all these other things have to fall into place so that you can do this really special thing, which 
we kind of are making less special now. Now let's end, let's end it on that. And so I implore you, Nickel Co, you know who I am. So if you want to come on and chat about how are we doing that holistically? And if you give me the H2F stuff, I got something else for you because I read that as soon as it came out. But uh, we will see you guys uh, next month and with the fifth principal patrolling. So again, what is NCO or officer business or is it warrior business? <laughs>